Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 114 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in this week's episode, we're going to be playing you a series of interviews we recorded at the Outdoor Retailer Australia show that finished just earlier today, actually, in Melbourne. This is the third year that Australian Hiker has attended this uh, uh, event, and it's an opportunity for uh, trade uh, within the outdoor industry to get together to see what new products come available online and to chat and find out what's going on within the outdoor industry. For us, we find this a bit of a learning experience. Uh, we learn new things each year about the industry which we've chosen to get involved in. It also gives us an opportunity to develop relationships with a, a group of really amazing people. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we had a, it was a pretty hectic three days. So uh, this first round of interviews uh, will be followed next week by the second round of interviews. And uh, everybody was uh, very uh, enthusiastic and really committed to uh, the outdoor industry and the sector in Australia, which is a great thing. And uh, we learned some uh, about some interesting new products that are, are going to be available um, and uh, uh, we're sure that you're going to enjoy hearing all about them. So in, in this week's episode, we're actually going to be playing you a series of seven interviews. This is a, one of our longer uh, podcasts that we tend to put out each year. I'm not quite sure what the eventual length of this will be, but it will be around about an hour plus. Uh, and as I said, we, we, we're talking to seven different companies if you go to the show notes on our website, you'll be able to say, see images as well as links to the products that we're talking about. In, in fact, if the product has actually been released, because there are, is some product we're going to talk about that hasn't hit the Australian market yet. We hope you enjoy this series of interviews. Uh, on with the show. Okay, I'm here with AJ Janor from Campers Pantry. Um, Campers Pantry has been a product that's been on the market for a few years now, so most people should be aware of it. Um, their main range that people would know is their outdoor uh, freeze-dried meals. So I'll just uh, we're just going to have a chat with AJ to, talk, to learn out how how the the product is going and and what's new for Campers Pantry for the following twelve months. Thanks, Tim. Good to uh, good to catch you guys again. Um, so Campus Pantry, we are releasing a few new products now. Um, the ice cream and chocolate is a uh, an ice cream bar with a with a ice cream one side, chocolate the other, and we've also got an ice cream and mango and toasted coconut bar. Our um, our lunches, our our cold water lunch options are now um, in full full swing. Three hundred mils of cold water mix in the bag and serve on crackers. We've got three options with tuna. And um, 
cauliflower pea dal. That might have been a new one last year when we spoke that was it, coming out. It was it was a new one last year. It hadn't come out, but I've, I've certainly used it. And, and I think it, for me, it's if if it's not one of my favourite, it might be the favourite out of the range. And I'm not a vegetarian, so. And uh, we're still we're still running with the ingredients, the uh, the vegetable ingredients. We're introducing uh, rice and pasta to the range. We've also got protein. We've, we do a uh, a chicken breast, and we also do a diced beef. Um, so, how the um, they're on the market at the moment? The the protein range is yes. it? How have they been going for you? They're not, they're not bad. Um, it's 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 a way that we can we can cook on the trail with lightweight ingredients. Um, if you if you're not going to use one of the uh, ready-made meals, you can take a selection of ingredients, some rice or pasta, and a protein, and put your put your own um, cook together with your own sources. It uh, it works out to be slightly lighter and 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 a better cost-effective way of doing it compared to a a, uh, a single-serve meal at fifteen ninety-five. So the thing, that, thing that's always concerned me, and again, it's probably more from from ignorance than anything else. How does the uh, the safety of having essentially meat that's uh, in a pack, and you open the pack, is there a, a use by date once you actually open the pack that you've got to use it by? Or we do say you need to use use it after opening. Um, it is freeze dried. All our products are one hundred percent freeze dried, so they are ninety eight percent of the moisture has been taken out. So they're super lightweight um, and they're so dry. It is very hard for things to grow. Um, we do say to to use within a few days on the pack. So um, a, a packet of um, one hundred grams worth of chicken is. Um, you know, that's that's three serves in there, three meals. Okay, so you know, so maybe three days you'd clean through that yep. uh, for most people. That's um, if you don't eat it straight out of the bag as a snack. Okay, <laughs> that'd be interesting to see, and we'll uh, we'll certainly be doing a review of that one later in the year. So it'd be interesting to see how that one goes. Okay, so now you've also got a couple of other uh, uh, snack ranges, which is a bit different this year. So what, tell us about what you've got, got here. Yeah, so Campus Pantry has partnered with Forager Fruits and Cooey Snacks from Tassie. And we've also partnered with a coffee brand, Laughing Pug, that do a, uh, a drip filter bag. So the, the Forager range is, is, a, is a fruit range. It's quite extensive. Uh, there's nine products to the range in small Easy, easy tear bags. Um, these are either eaten straight out of the bag. Things like the banana, the blueberries are perfect for putting on porridge to, to add flavour to, to dull porridge. And the um, and the Cooey Snacks, are a Tasmanian company, there's four products in the range. There's another one coming, a native um, berry. Um, we've got a habanero chilli, smoked chipotle, classic sea salt and a uh, manuka honey. Um, you've tried it. Yeah, it's certainly, I certainly have. It's um, from my perspective, it's probably the best tasting jerky in Australia. It really is. You know, it's the sort of stuff you can just keep on eating. Okay, so I believe that the the Kui jerky is coming out in larger packs at some stage. Yeah, correct. Uh, Andy's. Um, we're talking to Andy at the moment about some bigger size packs for um, for group camps or for people on longer expeditions, um, so they don't have to take as many small packs. Um, and and with the forager range, we've got um, we've got apples, bananas. Uh, mango, strawberries, blueberries, and pineapple, and then there's also cherries, and there's two products which are really popular. And it's the apple that's infused with the uh, the black currant, and the apple that's infused with the raspberry. They're they're probably the top sellers. 
I must admit, I've had the uh, had both of those a number of years ago, and just um, haven't really thought much more about them. But they, they certainly are nice. I think I prefer those than just the straight straight apple. Um, I must admit, I, I am a big fan of the pineapple, so uh, yep. I just I just find it tends to be a bit more bitter to balance the sweet once it's been dehydrated or freeze dried. So, uh, again, looking forward to seeing what that one ends up being like. Yeah, cool. And then. With the Laughing Pug coffee drip filter bags, they're a Japanese uh, drip filter bag that folds out and sits on the on the on the lip of your mug, and you pour your your water through the the filter bag. We've got four in the range there. All right, uh, and this and the, and the range is it is it different flavors or tastes or is it different strengths? Different flavors, strengths, blends. Yep. Okay, oh yep. that'll be that'll be good. It's uh, we did a a review of uh, freeze dried coffee. Uh, uh, and, and coffee options on the trail uh, uh, earlier on this year. And I must admit, I, uh, uh, I wasn't overly impressed with a lot of what was on the market. So uh, it'll be good to sort of try those and add that to the review and just to see what they're like. Yeah, lots of good feedback on that. All right. Uh, and that's uh, anything else exciting that you can tell us about? Or that's pretty much, you know, it sounds like a pretty full year anyway. But the cheese? <laughs> cheese? Yeah, we've, uh, we've been playing around with freeze-dried cheese for a little while. And um, everyone who's tried it has been pretty stoked. Uh, so, so that'll be coming very shortly as well. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Uh, that's probably a, a bit of a dig from my perspective there. I, I tried the cheese two years ago and thought, uh, yes, I'm definitely waiting for this. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, it, it'll be a product I'll definitely add to the mix uh, yeah. I, because the other options aren't always that tasty. Uh, yeah. And they, they add a bit of weight to the pack as well. So that'll be good. So, it's re- yeah, it's real, real cheese that you would go to a supermarket and buy and cut and put on a cracker. There's yeah. no, no uh, cutting corners. Um, we're staying with the, the in line with the real ingredients, real meat. Uh, yeah, campus I, pantry way. I think often the uh, the cheese options have been you either take some fresh cheese and you eat it within a sort of a day or two at the most, or you get the um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the correct name is here, the, the plastic cheese that you can plastic hit, cheese, yeah. you can sit on the shelf for a, a number of days or weeks, yeah. uh, and the flavour's just not there with that. So I'd rather, as you say, I'd rather eat real food <laughs> than, than something a bit artificial. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. We've been talking to AJ Janor from Campus Pantry about the current range of product and the, the new upcoming products in the range. Uh, and again, some of these new products we'll be testing over the next uh, month or two. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. So thanks a lot, AJ. Thanks, Tim. Okay, so that was AJ from Campus Pantry. Um, we've uh, that's the third time we've gone through and interviewed AJ. We've talked to him each of the three years we've been there, uh, and each year they seem to have new new products coming onto the line, uh, forever expanding the range. Yeah, the forage of fruits look fantastic, and uh, I'm certainly uh, keen uh, to taste their protein range when um, they release that. And we will be doing some reviews and uh, uh, and we're putting together some recipes for our upcoming hike as well. So it'll be handy to have access to uh, the protein, uh, uh, particularly for the lunches from our perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in our next interview, we're talking to a Zempire uh, tents. Uh, we've talked to them a couple of years ago, um, and they've got a couple of tents that we looked at, which were in the lightweight hiking range, uh, but also uh, they're a big producer of tents that you'd probably class for car camping. Uh, so we're going to be looking at three of those tents in this upcoming review. Yeah, so really good, interesting uh, range, and hopefully we'll be able to test some of those out in the coming months as well. 
We're uh, here at the Outdoor Retailer Show and we're talking to Zempire Camping Equipment and we've got Richard. Um, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. You're welcome, it's a pleasure. Okay, so Zempire Camping produce a range of tents uh, and we're going to talk about three tents specifically today. So tell us about the first one we're looking at here. Yeah, so the first one, first tent here is the Zeus tent. It's our two-person sort of hub frame tent. Um, it's out of our range. It would, it's our most popular two-person that we have in the range. Um, and obviously it's, it's twin access. I think that's probably the, the major attraction for this tent. Yep. It has a good amount of headroom, but... Uh, it's, you've got a door on either side, so everybody's got a bit of space in their own vestibule. So. I must admit, I've, I've sort of fallen in love with side entry tents over the last few years. It's yeah. uh, it's okay when you're by yourself, but it's it's nice to be able to get outside in the middle of the night without climbing over somebody. Or uh, And you normally have a bit better protection too if it's raining. Yeah, that's right. In the yeah, side yeah. access tent. So. A few more options, so yeah. All right, so this is a two-person tent. What sort of uh, weight are we looking at with this so one? So you're looking about two, for the Zeus tent, we're about 2.3 kgs. Yep. So um, 2.37 as a minimum weight. So without out carry bag, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. So I think one of the things that I should mention here with with Zampire tents, uh, we've talked about this in the past, where really hiking probably has three three areas when you're looking at purchasing product you've either got price you've got durability uh, and you've got size uh, and certainly if you want to spend 900 or a thousand dollars you can get a very lightweight uh, tent uh, but you are spending in that sort of price range uh, coming down into the slightly heavier weight tents uh, like this one we're looking at here um, it's certainly not as light as many on the market but you've been paying nowhere near the price and I think with uh, with these tents as well, uh, Zempire is a New Zealand company um, and um, prefer, if we can, to support New Zealand and Australian companies because they make very good product and the, and the quality is there as opposed to a lot of the really cheap tents you see online uh, that aren't that much cheaper, but the quality is just not there. And, and these tents certainly are a, a, a good quality sort of tent. Uh, now, you were saying before that your your philosophy is not to go for cheap and nasty. You're looking at that middle sort of range? Yeah. Uh, like there's a lot, I, I think there's these tents in particular, there's been a lot of compromises made on that weight versus the yep. durability side. Um, and one of those things that we have stood with over all the years is a really heavy weight floor so that we uh, the floors in all these 150 denier the 10,000 mil waterhead rating which obviously adds as your actual weight but just gives you that extra durability and for most of our customers means they can get away without a footprint and um, a little bit rougher conditions. So. so I think with a lot of tents, particularly the very lightweight tents on the market, you tend to be sort of 30 denier and some of them are even less. So as as, um, as Richard was saying, the durability, if you are into a rough area or an area that you, you may not have to actually use a footprint because the durability is there with these tent bases already. Yeah, and that flows through the fly as well. So, so the way we've, way we've worked these tents is we've, we've added extra weight to the floor. All the all the body of the inner is full mesh and I guess that's the one compromise that we've made there's yep. obviously you get a lot of ventilation but on really heavy conditions you have there's uh, more condensation options on the top but the, the balance is that you manage to keep that weight down to a reasonable level even while still having a very durable floor and then our fly is 75 denier 
5,000 mil ripstop fly on the outside. So it's quite a, I would call it a grunty uh, fabric, but um, yeah. One of the interesting things I just noticed on this tent, and I hadn't actually really seen it before, is um, the model we're looking at here, and we'll, we'll put some photos on the show notes for this, uh, the tent doors are open and they're tucked into their own little pockets. Yeah, this is a this is a design that flows flows right through all our camping styles and everything like that. Is our three sixty doors, and we've we've always had this sort of uh, a signature for all our tents that we always have a three sixty door with zip side in the pockets. So it keeps everything nice and tidy, and um, also there's less toggles to roll up. So once again, you do have a longer zip, which is the which is the sacrifice, but everything is packed away and it's really neat. And you have really large door spaces, so you can make the most of that awning area. You're not going to cramp inside your tent. And it doesn't. It looks like a full size two person tent as well. Well, it's not a it's not a, a cramped two person tent as far as as far as a two person tent goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a wedge shape, so you do have more more shoulder space at one end of the tent than the other tent, and we have a, a higher um, peak height as far as a pole hub at one end versus the other. Um, but yeah, it's quite a, a usable two person tent, and um, yeah, pretty comfortable to say, especially with the fact that you have both got your own awning. It's I think that's probably the biggest attraction. All right, and the so that when you actually purchase the tent, it comes with everything. Comes with the guy lines. Comes no, with tent pegs. Comes guy lines pre attached comes with everything uh it comes with even with repair repair sleeves for the uh for the for the pole so um yeah it, it's definitely uh fully equipped all the way around so um yeah okay so the only optional extra for the tents that we sell is the ground sheet so you can buy a footprint and so for the zeus is a good example the footprint will allow you to pitch it fly only so freestanding fly only and that's major reason people are buying that footprint rather than that protection underneath the floor okay so yeah all right, so moving from the Zeus, we're going on to the next one, which is a one-person tent, and yeah, this so one is... This is the Atom, so this is the one-person version of our Zeus, so obviously you only get one vestibule, as there's only one person. Um, you still have a hub frame design at the top, and we still we have a slightly longer frame at one end, so a little bit more headroom. Um, still a 360 door, which folds down. Um, you still get good sitting height inside this tent, so it's, it's once again, quite a, quite a generous one-person um, Slightly coffin shaped, so slightly uh, narrower, wider shoulder length, foot length, but um, uh, and then full fly on the side. So and quite a, quite a generous vestibule for cooking. Or what's the uh, what's the length on this tent? So it's one point. Uh, sorry, it's one point nine. So it, sorry, I take that back. Two point three all the way to the end, from from peak to peak. So yeah. Um, and then it's one thirty width at one end and one forty width at the other end. And I think that's the thing with uh, a lot of tents as well. People tend to look at tents and think, "Yep, that looks lovely. It looks wonderful." And then you know, if, if you're you know 180 odd centimeters tall, or you're you know just a six or two in the old range, that you'd, you'd tend to be jammed head to toe. So a, a length of inter- roughly two point three internally means you can comfortably fit in there if you are over six foot tall. Yeah, it's quite that's nice it. and generous. The storage pockets on the inside must get full full mesh in there. So, um, and one thing that we've changed recently is that uh, um, is there's uh, we've changed the direction of the door, so there's an easier flow to get in through and from the fly door into the inner door. Especially if it's raining, you yep. you keep your protection from the inner. So, and what's the weight on this one? So the weight on the uh, on the Zeus is one point three eight minimum weight. Oh, sorry, okay. and that's the Atom. Sorry, not the yep. Zeus. Yeah, it's one point three eight. Um, so that's minimum weight. The pack weight, when it comes with everything included, is 1.8. So that's repair kits and, and trucks. Okay. To carry back. All right, that's so. good. 
Okay, so these these two tents uh, would probably fit into what you'd class as the hiking range. Uh, someone's going to um, put it into their pack quite comfortably. Now let's move on to the third of our tents we're going to be talking about today. And this is definitely in a, I wouldn't class this as a hiking tent. It's probably more into the car camping category. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this this is probably one of our uh, our, our key areas of our our technology development at the moment is a is larger family camping and the the jet set that we're looking here at the moment is a fully inflatable frame on the inside. So um, comes with a uh, hand pump, and so instead of having your fiberglass frame or your aluminium frame which goes through the poles, it's an inflatable frame which just goes up. So. Um, yeah, so and there's a lot of benefits to inflatable frames versus pole frames. One is that they're very fast. You don't have it's all pre-attached fly, so you literally just roll the floor out and then plug the pump in and pump it up, and it's finished. Uh, pitching time for this tent would be less than five minutes. So, um, and yeah, that's so just just looking at this tent is through here. There's a uh, well, looks like that's the pump that comes with it, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it comes with a double action pump and uh, connects directly into a valve. The valve is very similar to like an airbed valve, so just standard Boston Boston valve. And it pumps to about, um, I think we're about 8 psi, 8 or 9 psi. So it's, it's, they're really nice and rigid by the time they're up. They, they're a lot more stable and they, they rattle around a lot less than when you have this frame through. I suppose so. the, the comment that people might make is how durable are, are inflatable rib tents? Yeah, so I, I, I guess there's two parts of it. One, one benefit and durability side for inflatable tents is that's there is nothing to break. So if you do get very stormy conditions and the tent blows in, there's no hinges to break, there's no poles to snap, and the the frame will bounce back again. As far as the durability of the tube goes, um, we've been doing these for uh, close on seven or eight years now. So our return rates for air tents are a fraction of what we get with our fiberglass poles or a steel frame. So um, they they do come with a repair kit if you need to repair it, or you can replace the poles if you do have an issue. But as far as puncture and durability of the tubes, they are as close to puncture proof as we could get someone could probably get around that but they're, they're incredibly durable um, yeah. and as I say nice, nice and structurally sound really stable when they're up Okay, so looking at this tent um, uh, here in front of us, this is, as you said, this is one of your newest in your range. Um, what's the, the dimensions on this one? On this one? So this one here is 2.8 metres by 2.8 metres, so we call it classing as a five-person tent. Um, it's a nice square open plan floor. The other benefit we get with our, our airframes is that we can adjust the, um, the angles of these airframes so you get a lot of headroom all the way around. So instead of just having headroom right at the centre of the tent, you can headroom right from front to back. Okay. Um, these ones are new for us, and the main difference for these versus the other styles that we have is the huge ventilation. So we get massive ventilation front to back and, and from side to side. Um, they have internal covers, so you can sleep with the fly off if you want to, um, and there's internally accessed storage areas in the back. So there's quite a few um, really nice features for warmer environments in these tents. Uh, we do ranges right up to uh, inflatable $4,000 canvas tents, but these, this range here is a really great option for Australian markets as far as a touring tent to go up for the evening or a weekend getaway tent with the family. And what would this pack down to? So once you roll it all up and put it into its bag, roughly how big's the thick of the container yeah, you're looking at there? It's probably about, uh, I would say, about 50 centimetres, 40, 40 centimetres in, in diameter and yep. about uh, 60 centimetres tall. It's in barrels. Very, we, we provide very large haul bags, almost like sail bags to put them inside yep. so they can cinch up. Um, so, but they, the one advantage is they're quite short. If they compare them against uh, fast frame tents or, or instant up tents, um, the pack size is is very short and they fit easily in the back of a, a small hatchback's car. Yep. So, 
um, yeah, they're nice and portable and nice and light. This one here is only 14 kg, so for a four-person family tent, which goes up in a few minutes, it's, it's a light option. All right, so definitely not the sort of thing you're going to be putting in a, your backpack for a long-distance hike, but uh, if you are going uh, camping with the family and you're, you're driving to your site and, and doing day walks out from there, that's what this style of tent is aimed at. Um, so over the next few months, uh, we're going to be looking at doing reviews on some of these tents. Um, and we'll have images uh, and links to all these products uh, in our show notes for this website. So if you go to the show notes on Australian Hiker, you'll find all the information uh, and where you can get these tents from. Okay, so thanks very much for that, Richard. Much appreciated. Nice one. Thanks for coming on. Okay, so that was Zempire uh, Camping out of New Zealand. Uh, and as I said, they do a very good range of equipment. Um, They've taken the attitude that they're not going to try and be the cheapest quality and the cheapest price on the market. They produced a good quality mid-range tent at a reasonable price. Um, so if you're not quite sure if this hiking thing is really what you want to do uh, or you don't want to spend $900 on a tent um, and you want something a bit more durable for that matter, uh, then this is a good range to look at. Yeah, it's a good alternative. And um, the other option that you have is some of their um, uh, larger tents uh, are great as a um, car camping option where you can uh, set up a base and, uh, you know, do a series of uh, day walks from uh, if you're not wanting to walk into the bush carrying everything. Um, so Zempire's uh, been good enough that they're actually going to loan us some tents over the coming months uh, and we're going to do some reviews on these products uh, just to give them a good try out and see how they go. Now, our next interview is with uh, Joe, uh, and we talked to Joe last year, uh, and this was about uh, DJO Knives, uh, and they've got some good new products uh, onto the market for this year. Yeah, and uh, these are the just beautiful works of art, uh, um, if, if nothing else. Um, yeah, you have them for that, um, but very uh, practical, very durable, and very high quality, um, and they've got a few uh, new products that we'll talk about. Okay, so we're here at the Outdoor Retailer Show and we're talking to Joe from D. Joe Knives. Uh, we talked to Joe last year about the, um, uh, the range of knives and they really are works of art. They're spectacular, uh, fine-looking knives, uh, very attractive knives. And for me, I'm not really a knife carrier, or I haven't been, um, but these were, this was such a, knife, uh, such a nice knife that I now do carry one of the DJ knives uh, when I go hiking. So thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us, Joe. Not a problem. Thanks, Tim. All right, so since we talked to you last year, what's new in the DJ range? So new in the DJ range, we've got the new little 15-gram tattooed knife. So it's a keychain knife. You can put it on a, a key ring, basically. Really small, but we've got the fancy, all the nice tattoo inside the individuals. We've also got the 27-gram, which is coming now with a black blade, timber handles. Um, we've also got the big giant, which is a... 19 centimetre folding cook's knife, basically. <laughs> and they are, they are quite a big <laughs> knife too, by the look of it. And also new designs. You know, there's a lion, there's a um, cafe racer, there's all different new designs. Yeah, and they will, uh, we'll put some photos of these knives on the uh, on the show notes for this podcast. And there really are some spectacular knives that um, even if you don't necessarily need more than one uh, I think it's very hard not to stop at one or to stop at one and I think that makes some very good presents uh, leading up to the, uh, the Christmas period as well 
Okay, so the the little 15 gram knives. I must yep. admit, looking at looking at these sort of guys through here, that they're, they're a tiny little knife, and as you said, make a good keyring knife. I think from my perspective, I tend to use a knife for cutting food, and I don't tend to cook. It's just I'm cutting a piece of cheese or I'm cutting uh, some salami or something like that. Uh, so a knife in that sort of length would work quite well for me, uh, probably not on a keychain, probably just sitting in my pack. Yeah. Um, and certainly the uh, the other knives as well, there's some, some really... Um, I think looking at these knives in front of me, they almost look like a, a dinner knife. They're, right? a, dinner, they're, a, they're a steak knife, yeah, absolutely. They're so, a table knife. So, yeah, they're, uh, again, they're a, yeah. a pretty unique sort of table knife, something different than what you're probably used to as far as uh, uh, bringing the dinnerware out at the night time. Okay, so what's, what's so special, just a reminder, what's so special about the DJ knives in general? The, the most um, the special thing about them is their weight. They're so light. Um, they weigh 44 grams is the full without with the handle, 37 grams naked. Yep. So no timber handle. Um, belt clip, so you can clip it on, you can have it on all day long, and you won't even know it's there. And then you've got the personalisation of all the different tattoos, as we call them, that are laser etched into the blade. So you pick and choose what you feel in regards to blade, uh, blade length, handle, what timber handle, all that sort of thing. So you're personalising a knife for yourself, basically. All right. Now, you've got a few new products on, on the, the system, as we mentioned. Yeah. So probably the best way to describe these, are, they're almost a bit of a Swiss Army knife style of things where you, you've got a multi-tool. So what, 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 have, what have we got in that, in that sort of range? So what we have, the, one of the, the better ones is the, um, it's called the Ultimate. So it's knife, spoon, fork, all in one, it's skeletal like the Dijo knife and clips together in a pouch and and super light again. What's the, what's the weight on this one we're looking at this now? This one is, uh, I think it's 58 grams. Okay. Um, somewhere around that, that thing. Then we have, uh, yeah, uh, magnetic that pull together, um, spoon, knife, fork, same thing. A uh, whole range of different knives in the Balladeo range as well. You've also got your traditional um, knife, spoon, spoon and fork. Um, well, what would you call that? As a as a kit, I as suppose. a kit, yeah, not folding, doesn't and, fold together. And they, uh, yeah. the, the the holes in the knives uh, in the handles, they're actually tools, aren't no, they? No, they are, are they, to get okay. rid of weight. Okay. Yeah. So you, so when you look at these, you think yeah. they might well be tools, but they're yeah, just the being only tools of the can opener. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the can, well, that's the actually that's actually quite handy having yeah. a can opener. Yeah. Um, so and, and one that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually works. And they are, they are quite an attractive little knife as well. They've got a, a polished uh, polished heads on them, uh, and the handles are the uh, the, the rougher. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just unpolished. Unpolished. It's unpolished um, stainless. And they again, they come in a pouch as well. And I must admit, from my perspective, I do actually like having the polished heads. Uh, when you've got the unpolished heads on knives and forks and spoons, it's the food tends to stick to them. That's right, yes. Um, yeah. Whereas the, it's a bit easier to keep them clean when they are polished. That's right, it's in. an attractor for dirt and all that sort of thing when yeah. it's like that. Yep, you're right. All right. Um, and uh, any other exciting new products coming on the market over the next year at all? Or? Uh, no, just more more new, more designs in regards to Dijo. Um, there is a Damas knife there now, which a Damascus steel knife you, you can buy. Um, but now, it's more of the same, of the, the more into the design rather than the, um, the now, knife itself. 
Now, the Damascus knife, I had a quick look on the internet. What's yep. so special about a Damascus knife? Okay, so the Damascus knife, the one that uh, DJ make is a Damascus steel, so it comes out of um, Sweden, the steel, uh, and you can actually buy steel in any pattern. So when you have a look at the pattern, it's folded steel and it makes particular patterns. So uh, DJ have picked a particular one that um, they like uh, and have gone with a Damascus. So, and super sharp. Um, and the, the biggest thing with it is the pattern, and the pattern is the actual steel. It's not etched not, in not there. Not been etched in. Yeah. Yep. So it's folded steel. And yep. I must admit, what the, 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 the images I have seen online, yep. they, they do look like a really attractive sort of knife, and yep. I hadn't actually thought about why they were so special in that respect. That's the reason, because the pattern that's on there is the actual steel itself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thanks very much for your time, Joe. No much worries. appreciated. Thank uh, you, and we're going to be going through and doing a review of some of the newer products as it comes onto the market. Um, as I said, we'll have photos on the show notes for this podcast. So if you go into uh, our show notes, you'll be able to see what these knives and these new products look like. Apparently, you were saying that the these folding um, knife and fork uh, combinations will be won't be onto the Australian market for a little while yet. No, the Ultimate and the Papageo there here already. The yep. magnetic one, they won't be. That, okay. That's a couple of months away. It's brand new. All right. So we'll hopefully be doing some reviews on some of those in the next uh, next month or so. Yep. Uh, as I said, really happy with the, the knife I've got at the moment, and I think they, as I said, make it a really good present as well. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tim. So we're talking there to, to Joe from DJ Knives. As I said, I've, I've, up until um, uh, last year, I've never really been a, a knife carrier, uh, but certainly after discovering the DJ Knives, they are a, an extremely attractive knife. Um, they make a very good present for somebody. I know a, a number of our listeners have actually bought them for presents, um, and they're a really good quality, lightweight knife. Uh, so well worth looking at if you're you're in the market for a knife. And for those uh, left-handers out there, uh, they, they do have a left-handed knife. I thought that was a little bit of a joke, um, but not. Um, and, uh, you know, it's for the left-handers, they will uh, definitely know that it's not a joke, um, but there's quite a different mechanism in using the knife. So um, they've only got one. Um, but that's a start. And we'll have a picture of that, as we said, on the show notes, so you can go through and have a look at that. Um, now we're going to go through and um, talk to the importers of Rumpel uh, and also Osprey Packs. Uh, Osprey Packs are probably pretty self-explanatory. I think not, there's not many people in the country that don't know what an Osprey Pack is. Um, but Rumpel's a relatively new product on the Australian market. Yeah. Um, and the best way to describe them is a insulation blanket because, they, and I won't say down blanket here because while they do do down, they do so they also do synthetic and down combinations as well. So these are a product where you can use in the house instead of a um, uh, using a, a, a woolen blanket. Uh, uh, Dave, who we'll talk to, said that people do, do actually use them for, for dog beds, which is a very flash dog bed. Uh, <laughs> but you can also use them as, a, as an add-on from a camping perspective uh, as an additional layer over a lighter weight sleeping bag when you need a bit of extra warmth. Yeah. Or just by themselves when you're camping. So, All right. So on to the next interview. Good afternoon. Uh, it's day one of the Outdoor Retailer Show, and I'm here talking to Dave Casey, who is from the importers of Rumpel, uh, as well as Osprey, and a number of other well-known brands. But today we're going to be talking about Rumpel and Osprey. So thanks very much for taking the time, Dave. 
Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so what is Rumpel? This is a brand that probably a lot of Australians wouldn't have heard of yet. So what is it and why should people be looking at it? I guess Rumpel is a blanket brand, per se. Um, everything from down through synthetic field blankets. A lot of them can be used, some technical outdoor use, but it probably wouldn't be the first choice for a lightweight PCT through hucker. Yep. Um, however, it's a great camping piece, extra bit of insulation for a, a lot of hike, um, and then also around home as well. We've done some research recently where it showed most people bought them with an idea of it would be used for camping and hiking and so forth, but then probably nine times out of ten it was used on the couch watching telly. Um, it's a nice homeware piece as well. So probably the best way to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through and put photos up on the, um, the show notes for this, uh, but probably the best thing to think about with these is, or if it, from a descriptive point of view, is there a down blanket uh, uh, or a down uh, quilt, I suppose, uh, and that will give people a better idea. And there's some pretty leery colours in some of these as well, which is quite nice. All right, so you were saying that there's uh, down and synthetic. Yep. Why the difference? I guess synthetic is where it originally came from. Synthetic fabrics can be washed a little bit easier if they get wet, aren't as critical on keeping you warm. Um, and it's a bit more comfortable for people to sort of get into the idea of a synthetic quilt. It's a little bit easier to care for. Um, so the original blanket was brought out a number of years ago, um, American brand from North Western America, um, where it's wet and cold quite regularly. Um, so that's where the original came from. Leading into September this year in Australia, we'll be releasing a nano loft fill, which is a higher quality loft synthetic fabric, which is lighter, more compact, um, and a little bit easier to maneuver and use. Okay. And then the down also, um, which has been in range for a number of years as well. It's a water, water repellent down, 600 loft down. All right, so why would one, uh, so apart from the water resistance, uh, why would per, one, a person choose a down as opposed to a, a synthetic? You know, ignoring the fact that one is better with the water, yep. is there, it, does one feel better or are they, um, are they a heavier weight or a lighter weight? Or? I guess they all feel a little bit different. Personally, I like the Nano Loft, which is the light synthetic. Um, I want to say they feel heavy, that I'm going to squash you. But it's just a nice feel of a nice lofting sort of feels kind of like a, a down without the possible issues of water and so forth. And it's a little bit, little bit less expensive than yep. a down feel. Um, and also both the original and the nano loft coming in September or post-consumer recycled feels and face fabrics as well. Um, so that's definitely a, a good way that a lot of brands are going towards a more sustainable future of different fills and fabrics um, so that's where we'll be going towards with Brumpel come September. So apart from colour is there a, um, a, a range within each so you've got the synthetic the nano loft and the down mm-hmm. is there different thicknesses and weights within each of those? Or? There's more sizes so yep. there's a one person two person across the three different styles and then there's also a junior for, for kids getting out there or families yep. um, so that's more of a a, sh- a size um, that's probably the main difference all right so you're not the, getting the feel weight is the feel weight is the feel weight yeah um, it's more just a, a size so if you're looking for just a, a rumple blanket for oneself you've got that or if you're looking for the snuggle up with the better half um, you've got two peas as well okay um, and 
even some lucky dogs have heard of being getting the junior ones as well. It's a bit of an audacious dog blanket, um, but there's um, some lucky families out there. And well, I must admit, they would, be, they would definitely be pretty good uh, dog yeah. blankets. Yes. <laughs> All right, and they must admit the the colours as well. There's some pretty leery colours in the range. Um, was that a deliberate thing that they decided? I mean, you've got the, the standard sort of blues and things like that, but there's some almost some some indigenous art-looking ones on some. Yeah, of them. there's some lots of different things. Um, there's lots of artist impressions on different ideas. Um, what we've brought into Australia is probably a little bit more of the um, more unique pieces. Um, some of the styles in America are a little bit more unique of it's, there's a Colorado flag style and whatnot um, so we've sort of stuck with what we know in Australia it's nice unique bright colours um, really seasonal pieces as well so every six months there's a bit of a, a crossover with some new colours coming out as well um, alright yeah Okay, so now on to Osprey packs. So this is a pack that's pretty well known by most people worldwide, and I think it's probably the best-selling hiking pack in the world as a, as a brand, uh, or it would be at least close. It'd anyway. be up there, I'd say, out of 10 packs that are sold in America of over 65 litres, um, probably eight would be an Osprey pack. Um, and in Australia, we'd find that um, it works very, very well for us. There's a lot of people with... I guess a great um, loyalty to Osprey because of its fit, comfort, and warranty um, and design. I must admit, I own eight packs at the moment, and I think most of those are Osprey packs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's sort of it's hard to not stop buying them. There's always one that's slightly different and slightly oh, yes, better. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, a dang, ad- addictive <laughs> thing you could habit you could have. Um, hopefully a healthy habit. All right, so over the last 12 months, there's been a... Um, I suppose it's like any, any manufacturer. They go through periods where new packs are released and old ones are retired or models are upgraded. What have, what's, what have been the new models that have come onto the market with Osprey in the last sort of 6 to 12 months? Um, probably the most exciting one that was brought out um, was the Rook in the Wren. It's a hiking backpack, 50 litres or 65 litres, depending on which volume you want to go for. Um, both men's and women's have those options. Um, and it's a bag that's a really good intermediate beginner pack. Um, there's definitely packs in the Osprey range, which you could hike for 19 days in the southwest Tassie um, with a 30 kilo weight. However, not everyone's needing a pack for that. And if you're moving into the outdoor, trying to get your first good proper backpack, um, the Rook in the Rain works really well for that um, ventilated harness. So if it's a little bit warmer, you'll try to save that sweaty back syndrome um, for the warmer climates and a really easy fit, adjustable fit, which will cross over to um, fit most shapes and sizes. Yeah, mm. yeah, no. I must admit, I looked at the, uh, I looked at the range and it's sort of... Um, uh, Osprey seemed to have a very big model change almost the year before. This year it was sort of more, more an issue of, uh, as you say, the Rook and the Wren. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it looks like the Rook and the Wren was, as you say, was aimed at a not, you know, the, wasn't the most expensive model in the range, wasn't the most necessarily most featured, but it's a good pack for someone who's not quite sure whether they want to go hiking or not. Yeah, 100%. And in some ways, I think there's probably a lot of brands out there who would see that pack as their benchmark pinnacle pack in the range. Um, in their range, um, where for us, we've already aimed that pack that is accessible for, like I said, a, a first-time pack hike, pack buyer, who's looking to get that sort of first private pack. They've borrowed, begged and pleaded for a pack, but they're looking 
to get one for themselves, but I haven't quite got to that point to justify the need for a larger volume or larger loading backpack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and is there anything new and exciting coming out from Osprey that you're allowed to talk about? Or? Yeah, I guess in a few months' time, I guess almost carrying on from that Rook Wren sort of idea um, and then building on the Farpoint Fairview travel bags, um, we'll be releasing a Farpoint Fairview Trek backpack, which will be aimed at sort of at more adventure travel, going to South America and travelling, hostels, hotels, front opening, and get into that bag really comfortably and easily. However, tacking on the W circuit down in Patagonia for five days and one in a pack which can actually carry some weight and go through the top like you would more of a traditional sort of style of pack. So it's, I guess, for an Australian traveller where we tend to travel both um, adventurously hiking but also do enjoy some more more cultural travel where you're looking at seeing the sights and so forth but trying to squeeze that trip into... One holiday, um, I think that 5.50 trek um, will really hit a key point. Yeah. So it's going to be a pack that it's rather than having to have a pack to travel in and a pack that you actually go hiking in, it's a, it's a multi-purpose pack. Correct, yeah, it's, it's really cross over between both or compromising with taking a bushwalking bag or a hiking backpack, which is a bit audacious or a bit a bit arduous to travel with, getting through to your luggage yep. um, and through your clothing, um, that ability to get into the bag a little more comfortably should really help yeah okay uh, so we've been talking to dave casey from the importers of rumple and osprey packs uh sorry rumple uh as uh, uh, outdoor blankets probably and uh, osprey packs um so uh we'll be doing some reviews of uh some of this product over the coming months so we we'll look forward to that thanks very much that Dave. much appreciated brilliant thanks tim thank you so that was our interview with uh, Dave Casey from the distributor of Osprey Packs and Rumple uh, Outdoor Blankets. Um, interesting new product in relation to the blanket. Um, as I said, it's st- a lot of the manufacturers are starting to differentiate themselves very slightly by bringing out products that don't quite fit into the standard hiking niche uh, and that also cover uses for both hiking and camping and also uh, within the home as well. So they're starting to become a lot more multi-purpose. So we're looking forward to to giving that one a try out. Yeah, and um, just because design's an important part of all of this, the colours are great too. So uh, I'm sure there's a colour for everyone. (laughs) Uh, Now we're going to uh, hear Judy-Ann from Shiwi. Um, and uh, you may recall that we've done a review of the the Shiwi product, but there are a bunch of other products in the range as well, and uh, uh, Judy-Ann was, uh, I think, one of our more entertaining uh, interviewees, uh, so we enjoyed that one quite a bit. It's Jill here from Australian Hiker, and it's day two of the Outdoor Retailer uh, Show, trade show, and I'm talking to Judy-Ann from... Uh, Shiwi and Peebol and uh, Judy Ann's going to talk to us about um, how she got started in uh, this era of uh, emancipation I think is probably what we would call <laughs> it. Burning the bra again. Burning, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and also uh, talk to us about some of her new products that she's coming on. So thank you for talking with us thank and welcome. Thank you Jill, that's very very good. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah so um, I guess it's for me, I guess it started as being a female, four brothers, three sons, lived on a farm, hunting, fishing, 
going, you know, going tramping, going to concerts, and the disappointments that I had when I had to wee. <laughs> well, well, it's good to wee. <laughs> I know. It's but your for options, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then you don't. So there is nowhere to wee. Um, and when your options are, are low, you, then you you start doing things like you don't drink. Yeah. You, yeah. you you hold on to your urine. Yeah. Um, and they're two very different dangerous things and I'm a registered nurse so I know about the health benefits of actually flushing your kidneys and you know making sure that you're hydrated while you're exercising and you know um, and drinking and doing all those types of things Um, so yeah I I saw it on Dragon's Den I I was just in a position where I was really looking for some other options because I had small children and um, and I saw it on Dragon's Den and I googled Sam Fountain, who was the designer, um, she designed it as part of her university studies. And her her um, idea behind it all was that she was travelling through Europe and found that the toilets were just ridiculous, you know, at holes in France. Horrible. Dirty, you know, you've got your backpack on, you have to disrobe to get your gear off. She was skiing as well, so, you know, you've got all these big bulky clothes on. So the shiwi, because it's made of a firm, she's built it out of a firm plastic um, it's really, it, it holds all your clothes out of the way so there's no barrier to actually, it's just redirecting urine out through the fly of your pants yeah, yeah. so she she designed this, the first one apparently was made of plywood which is a little bit oh. stressing oh. <laughs> there you go, I didn't know that it's just <laughs> a prototype fun fact, yeah, well now they're made of um, polypropylene plastic and they can be boiled and so um, I was watching it and watching the Dragon's Den program and I was just really excited and I googled her and I said oh my god where can I get one from in New Zealand and she said oh my god it's been seen in New Zealand um, the Dragons didn't take it on because um, Douglas Ballantyne didn't want to be known as Mr Shiwi oh okay um, and but they gave her a lot of really good advice around marketing and online stuff and right. so you know she was she was a woman before her time or, or of her time um, and just took that opportunity to just go out there and she just really you know she got me um, through doing the, the, the dragon's den thing and she also so it's New Zealand all over the world so we're a global kind of phenomenon. Yeah. So we've done a review of uh, Shiwi, and uh, if you're a bit curious and not quite sure how to do it, uh, I think I think we've done it justice. But uh, it <laughs> it does take a little bit of um, uh, I guess there's getting over some mind barriers about what yep. you can and can't do as That's a woman. Right. And when when you get it right, you go, oh, <laughs> yeah, how clever is that? I know. And the thing about it too is because it is so discreet, so it, it is, it's small, it fits in your pocket, uh, it comes with a case, so you can actually, you know, you can secrete it into a pocket or in your bag. You can just, um, as soon as you, you think, one well, need to go, you don't have to sort of think, oh, no, where there is, whatever. Yeah. Find, a, find a spot behind a tree. Um, you can pee into, we have a pee bowl, we'll talk about it, but, um, or you can pee into over a toilet rather than, you know, having to hover over it, um, and it's it's great. And when we were talking, um, you were also talking about the whole range of um, opportunities. Particularly, you know, it's not just for young women at concerts, but uh, you know, people out hiking, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe older women who were, you know, struggling with yeah. the the, uh, the squatting. Yeah. So the applications are huge. You know, they they're. they're um, ridiculously, it just any time you've you've got a woman in the outdoors away from convenience, you've got 
you know, an application for Shiwi. We supply the New Zealand Army, so that means that the girls and the you know, going offshore, they can actually yep. drink and carry on, yep. and they don't have to worry about stripping and you know, yep. zipping and stripping. Um, but it also, one of the big things for me about it is that um, being a woman of, you know, I'm a mature woman, and these days, I know that a lot of my friends have lost the ability to squat. They lost the confidence to leave, to go too far away from a toilet. Mm-hmm. So this actually means that, you know, they can go walking. They don't have to worry about. You know, not finding a toilet somewhere, they're not having to squat, they're not having to expose their body. They can just just stand and pee anywhere. Nobody knows what you're doing because nobody's expecting you to be standing there. Yeah, yeah. Doing. I must admit, Tim and I were um, hiking a couple of weeks ago, and it was pretty flat country, and there was the occasional <laughs> boulder that was about I don't know half a meter high, and I thought. You know, I'm just, I'm sure, you know, well, I was wearing some bright coloured pants, so trousers, (laughs) so I'm sure I could be seen from a a long distance away, and I just needed to go, and uh, yeah, I went, I didn't have my she-wee with me at that moment, but I I regretted that, let me tell you, but anyway... That's the hardest part of actually being the shiwi chick is that when you're actually away and you don't have your shiwi on you, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! But no, I don't. I, I don't squat anymore. It removes the removes the need to squat. Yeah. So this is actually it's allowing women to get out there, empowering them to get out there to do a lot of stuff that they've stopped doing for one reason or another, or to do things that they've never thought they could do, just for this very reason. Yeah. So um, even talking about you know families, getting a family on a boat to get a family on a boat you need you need mum really don't you and a lot of women won't get on a boat because they they okay. have to jump in the water or you know tell everybody I need still water you have to turn around I need to pee on the bucket silly dumb things like that this actually then means that you can actually just pee off the side of the boat and you don't nobody needs to know that you're doing it so once you've got a woman on the boat you've got a family on the boat from uh, a leisure point of view for families, you know, getting people to get times short for everybody, you know. And it's, it's a little bit about uh, that interu- un- uninterrupted le- leisure, isn't it? It is. You know, yeah, it just is. being able to enjoy what you're doing rather yeah. than having to worry about some of those other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I mentioned to you that um, in some of the stores there's a bit of... Uh, Little, little bit of sniggering when you go. Oh, what's this on the counter? And um, n- mostly blokes, but not just the blokes. I've had some polarised responses to things. So people either love it or just can't get their head around it. <laughs> and we encourage a little bit of humour around it. It turns. It has a tendency to turn grown men into giggling boys. Yes. Um, yes. And. I've got friends who put their fingers in their ears saying, I can, I can talk louder than you can, you know. I don't want to know. But I also have people who say, oh, my God, this has changed my life. Um, and when you start talking to people, they start with, oh, my God, and then the oh, my God changes in its tone, and they go, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> this is so good. You yeah, know? And yeah, it, yeah. it really, it's just the freedom. It's just so simple with... We've got a design floor that actually um, is, is not too terrible, but this is the easiest, simple solution to it. Yeah, yeah. We can get out there, we can do, we can go out on the boat, we can climb Everest and not have to strip off and freeze. You know, we, we can do all of the things that the men do. We don't want to be men, we just want to have 
the ability to be able to relieve ourselves when we just want to. It's just simple. Yeah, simple. so it's a, it, I think it's the convenience. It's convenient. I think it's that also that empowering bit as well. Oh, you know, absolutely. Being able no. to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Absolutely. So That's you've right. got a number of new products that uh, you just released or recently released. Yep, so we've got the Peeble, which um, is a, uh, it's a bag filled with crystals, um, much like you see in baby snappies. Uh, you can pee into it, it's for men as well. So if you're in a situation where you don't want to be seen peeing, or you know the, the, the tight, the, it's so tight that you can't go anywhere, there is nowhere to go, you can pee into the Peeble. It's, it's got a Ziploc top on it, so what happens is that the, the crystals absorb the urine, and it turns it to a gel. You can use it, you know, up to sort of three or four times. It'll take about a litre of fluid. Um, at the end of the day, you can just take it home, chop the bottom off it, and put the crystals into your compost. So you've got this lovely urea, because mm-hmm. we throw away a lot of our waste that can actually, is really good, you know, for, from a sustainability point of view. It's a, it's a really good thing for your garden. Um, and we've also... Um, We've also got the Queasy, which is um, a similar product. Uh, however, it's a little bit bigger, and it's for the car. So if you've got the kids in the car, and somebody needs to throw up, or you know you you're anywhere in, you know, in an aeroplane or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. again you can throw up into it, and then you zip pocket shut, and that's yeah. nice and, and it tiny. manages that um, odor. Oh, the that odor and the you know, it's nothing free. worse than being in a car with a couple of kids who yeah, are yeah. throwing up. <laughs> yeah, or on a launch, or you know if you or you know on a bus, you're somewhere yeah, where yeah. you or where you're somewhere where you just need to go with your travelling, and you get the bug. Yeah, you know? yeah, really good true. to be able to just throw up and just. That's true. Put it away. So I think that, you know, great great for parents of um, kids of any age, I think, yeah. and um, and also people who tend to get motion sickness. Yes. Um, the pee bowl I really like because yeah. uh, we were talking before about, uh, for some reason, some men think that the whole world is oh, their yeah, toilet. Oh, yeah, the world's the urine. Yeah. <laughs> I just get annoyed about that. Um, so, yeah, it would be, like, be nice to see a few blokes not... Overtly peeing yes, in public. Exactly, they don't need to. We have a pee bowl yeah. now, and there the shewis available and and the pee bowl. I'm hoping the pee bowl, but uh, the shewis definitely available and in, in all good um, outdoor stores. Yes, um, there. So the shewi is the original urination device since coming to market there have been other other devices um, that are fine. They are you know, made of sort of a silicone. A product, they're fine. Um, yes, you can pee standing up using them, but if you have to remove your clothing to pee standing up, it removes. I my belief is it removes the whole kind of it's reason the point, for really, to do isn't it. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Um, so with the shewi, you can keep your clothes on completely, which I really like. So we do have a we do have a flexi uh, option. Um, however. You know, again, they're fine, but you you can't use them with your clothes on. Defeats the purpose of being able to stand, pee standing up, because yeah. you have to take your clothes off, pretty much. Yeah. So you mentioned um, outdoor stores, retailers. Um, yep. Can you buy uh, Shiwi online? So we have two websites, shiwi.co.nz and shiwi.com.au. Um, we're on both sides of the Tasman um, and yes, you can. And on that website are all of our retailers as well. And we, the other thing we like to do is encourage people to, to shop locally, to kind of to support their local markets. Yes. 
and um, yeah, so just but we aren't we're aware that we want to make sure that everybody can that needs a chiwi has one. That's know, right. So, yeah. And if your local outdoor store doesn't stock uh, chiwi, then you tell, tell them, them to do. Yeah, tell them absolutely. get hold of Jude. Yeah, yeah. get hold of Judy Ann. She'll, and that's just chiwi. It's easy. Chiwi. Chiwi. Yeah. <laughs> they'll find it. Yeah. That's us. They'll find us. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, that's really... lovely. Thank you very much for taking the time, and Thank it's you, great. Joel to hear about your passion for this oh, important product. Absolutely passionate about it. And, you know, everything female and, um, and more power to us. <laughs> Great. Stand Thank up you. and take control. <laughs> Thank you very much. Shiwi was really interesting. Uh, Judy Ann obviously came at the product with uh, uh, n- not just a convenience no pun intended, a convenience perspective but also a health perspective, which was good to see. So I uh, learned a few things along the way about that. And uh, some of their other other products uh, that they're um, now distributing, I think, uh, will be well used, particularly the aids for people for motion sickness. I must admit, I I will own up to the fact that I have actually peed into a plastic bag in my inside my tent in the past uh, on solo hikes, not on uh, on, on uh, couples hikes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but so, sometimes <laughs> it's pouring with rain outside, or it's freezing cold, and you really do not feel like getting up to go outside for the sake of thirty or forty seconds when it's bucketing down. So um, having uh, and I'm, I must admit, I always worry with. Ziploc bags. I never quite trust them, uh, but with the product that's that's purpose built for this, I'm a bit more trusting about. Uh, am I going to uh, uh, get this all through the tent? So I think it's a, it's a very good option. Uh, probably more so for the solo hikers, but again, as I said, if it's pouring with rain, very good option. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, now we're going to talk to Adam and Katie from No Bites and another great Australian product, uh, uh, which is a DEET-free insect repellent. So um, when you uh, hear the interview, you'll hear about their background and and their qualifications in this area and it does um, fill you with lots of confidence about uh, the opportunity and we'll, as the weather warms up, we'll be testing out No Bites. Okay, I'm here with uh, Adam and Katie from No Bites, um, which is a company uh, or product that is a, a personal insect repellent that's not deep based. So, uh, welcome, Adam and Katie. Thanks, Tim. Hi, Tim. Nice to meet you. Okay, so tell us a bit about the product that you've got uh, uh, at the show today. Um, well, what we have is a uh, deep free plant based insect repellent. So, um, basically, it's uh, long-lasting plant-based um, it's, it's based on the lemon eucalyptus oil so how it works is actually the lemon eucalyptus oil is a natural repellent but what we do is take the take the actual repellency part of the lemon eucalyptus oil which is called PMD and it's basically uh, concentrated into our formula obviously formulated with our other, yep. other bits and pieces to make it last uh, yeah up to six hours and it's um, all safe for children 12 months and up and pregnant ladies so it's a, it's a, one of the one of those products that could be a, a deep free alternative i must admit i mean you know certainly in the um 
uh, with some of the hikes we've done, you know, it's it's if you are limited with the choices you've got with, with insect repellents. Um, you know, it pretty much is deep based, or you go for some of the the, the cheap products which tend to be totally useless and don't work. Um, uh, and you know, and it's like it, it is chemicals. You're putting basically putting chemicals in your clothing. You're putting chemicals on your skin. Whereas this is a, as a natural based product um, is probably something that is preferable than than, than putting DEET on bare skin. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I think, and, and and a couple of things about it. Um, well, it's it's sustainably sourced um, yep. from from sustainable farms um, and cruelty free, and, and it's also vegan. Um, so we have a lot of, I guess, uh, that sort of market that will be interested in that sort of thing. If you, if, if you're into that um, vegan and plant based and um, sustainably sourced sort of stuff, we we also make it in here in Australia. So yeah, it's not. It's not from overseas or anything, so we make it locally, uh, and we make it for our, our the local market. So, so what's it effective against? So, what's uh, what's it going to protect you from? Um, mosquitoes, yep. uh, body midge, which a lot of people call sandflies, which they get a little bit confused with. But and and sandflies as well. Those sandflies are a little bit of a different insect. Um, yeah, black flies uh, and also ticks. So it'll it'll protect against all those. Uh, all those insects for six hours and ticks for four hours. So um, ticks are a bit of a problem in sort of the northern northern parts of Sydney and those bushland areas around that people go walking through and they do take their... They probably obviously get ticks on their dogs, but um, like children that like to play outside in, in the leaves and in the undergrowth, and that's where your ticks are going to be, and that's if, if, if the repellent works against those insects. I must admit, I do a lot of my hiking on the New South Wales south coast, and, and some of the areas that we go to are... Uh, uh, are very heavily tick infested, uh, and, I, and, and if I have a bit of bare skin, I will find a tick. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually picked up two ticks last year, and it was only when I was in Fiji and thinking, "What's that lump on my arm?" And uh, here's this ticket had been in there for a few days, and then I found another one a month later that had died. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I tend to wear long sleeves and long clothing, but as I said, there are still areas that they tend, seem to find. So. Uh, anything that gets rid of ticks is uh, is is good in my books. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's ticks are one of those things that can sort of pop up anywhere. You don't really know they're on you until until the, the pain starts, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they can drop out of trees or in, under the leaf litter. So, um, very handy to have a bit of protection against those. All right. So, how did you actually come across this? Or why did you actually come up with this product? What was the reasoning behind it? So, basically, we we it, it came together by first of all, Katie. Um, Katie done a bit of travelling a few years ago um, over to the Amazon um, and done a few treks um, for a few days. How many days was that for the, the big one you did? About a week? Yeah, so it was a couple actually. Um, that's the Amazon and also the Annapurnas. So really into the hiking. Um, really enjoyed it. Met a lot of friends uh, through doing hiking. And uh, Adam and I already had uh, a business that, that we run uh, to do with uh, mosquitoes and, and vector control and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, have a lot to do with mosquitoes. Yes. And yeah, so, so we have a, um, um, also a mosquito control service business as well. Yep. So um, my background is in mosquito control and vector control like with the government um, and also private enterprises as well. So I've worked a lot with the um, local governments in Queensland and um, Queensland Health and, and overseas in the Central Pacific as well. So um, that's that's my sort of background, how I got into it. And, and Katie has a um, bit of a background in, in medical science um, and that sort of stuff. So she, she it was it was more her um, 
baby to come up with a, a, a product that um, we right. wanted to, to, yeah. to come up with yeah. that, and that was not DEET. Um, and yeah. also, with I, I talked to a lot of uh, our customers, our, our mosquito, mosquito control customers, um, who asked for recommendations of what to use when they went outside of their homes after we've actually been in their homes. Yep. Um, and I didn't really have much to give them. Um, I can say, well, you can use DEET, um, but, and they go, no, 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 we don't want DEET. Um, it, yeah. It's a plasticizer, you know, it'll, it'll melt the sunglasses, it'll melt yeah. bits of pieces, yeah. it'll and, make and it. I, and I did experience that too out hiking um, when we've been using DEET products, um, you know, with our gear that we were using, our sunglasses, even my my nails, <laughs> my Charlotte nails, because <laughs> I hike with girls. And, um, yeah, I think that was a real catalyst, actually, um, just being out there and obviously you want to protect yourself from any, you know, any vegetable diseases and things like that. But also it's, it's not nice getting the bites either. And so I sort of um, had, a, I had a good think while I was there and I had a lot of uh, chats to locals, um, local natives, what they were using. We did actually come across something that had some potential but unfortunately it turned your skin blue for about a week so <laughs> well, at, least you, at least you know you've got it on <laughs> yeah, right so at, at the start um yeah it, it took quite some time really to develop um a product that was going to be as effective as deet wouldn't turn your skin blue and um yeah it was was not harmful to your skin so um that's sort of uh yeah, I'm a bit of a fisherman as well and I like getting out there and camping and um, all the rest so I was also interested in, in, in offering it to our other customers as well and saying look this is something that you can put on the kids you can take it camping you can take it hiking um, and it works and it's safe and it's made here in Australia um, and ticks all the boxes basically and, uh, and by the sound of it not going to damage the clothing or, or your gear as well not at all not yeah. at all and, and, and it's biodegradable as well like, other, like the, the thing people don't know a lot about is um, is deep is um, persists in the environment so if you're out say near a stream and you spray some DEET and it goes in some water it, it'll persist for up to 10 years yeah. um, and it just does not break down uh, whereas our product um, it, it, will, it will break down like fairly quickly because it is a natural product um, you know, a month or so and it's, it's gone it's gone yeah, yeah so um, that's another benefit of being yeah, the, the natural product that it is that's always good. I think I was. We were talking just before uh, we started the interview, and I think the, the real issue I have, apart from ticks, is the is the big March flies you pick up in the Australian Alps. And uh, um, you know, it's it's rare that I tend to wear a repellent, but it normally is based around either the ticks or the March flies. And you know, from my perspective, the March flies just land on you. Don't care about the deep that happens beyond the skin, and just merrily work on where they're gonna where they're gonna have a go at you. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they're, they're a tough one. They um, zero in like a bit of a bomber and um, come and hit you. <laughs> it's always, I always like it when they're sitting on your leather boots and they're trying to work their way in <laughs> through the boots. So they've, they've got a very good work ethic anyway. Yeah. So. All right. Um, so where can you actually come across or where can you, you buy No Bites uh, insect repellent? Uh, at the moment, we're online. It's uh, www.nobites.com.au. Um, and we also have a couple of smaller retailers at the moment just around southeast Queensland. Yeah. Um, but we're working on getting some distributors, and that's why we're, we're here at this expo, talking to some retailers and some wholesalers, so, um, and getting the word out there about our product that we And we only just launched, um, it was about five weeks ago. We, okay. Yeah, we, we were at um, 
the naturally good um, expo in Sydney yeah. and Darling Harbour there, and it was it was received really well there. So. Um, yeah, we made some made some good contacts there, so hopefully it'll be in some um, in some farms and some things soon as well. Okay, and we'll put some links to uh, the website and to uh, uh, for people to find out where they can actually get hold of the product as well. So, thank you very much. Awesome, Tim. Thanks. Thank you, Tim. So that was uh, Adam and Katie from um, No Bites. And, um, you know, just uh, listening to them and the effort that they've put into research and getting this onto the, the market, um, uh, it's a great alternative and certainly a, a natural-based um, uh, insect repellent um, and DEET-free. So that's always something good to pursue. Um, it's available from No Bites Direct, and um, hopefully we'll start to see it appear in some of the the your local stores. One comment I would make here as well, it's not unusual for a lot of people to take on a product um, from a manufacturer having no background. And in this case, here is a, a couple who have released a product based on uh, work experience and the the scientific ability to develop the product so you know they both this 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 couple both know what they're talking about as far as uh both the pest control uh basis uh, as well as the medical background as well so uh i think it's uh, it's a product that's uh, uh been sorely needed that isn't a heavily chemical based product it's a, it's a natural based product yeah. for insect control yeah so they've got the knowledge and also they've got the um, I guess the motivation um, uh, to to make it happen and and uh, to do it in a natural way. Now we're just about to go through and talk to the suppliers of Goal Zero and also another product, which is a new product on the market or relatively new product in the market called Lander. Goal Zero, many people would be familiar with, uh, and these are. Probably the best way to think about Gold Zero is a power supply company for hikers and outdoor enthusiasts. They provide battery packs uh, and solar panels for hikers and outdoor people. Um, I was particularly interested in talking to them uh, for uh, at this show. Uh, I've got an upcoming hike where really I'm going to have three weeks away from a PowerPoint. Uh, and I, have, I think I'm with you on that one, too. You are. You are. <laughs> Uh, and it's the sort of thing where, because I am podcasting and blogging, I do have quite high power usages, uh, and they've got a new product, uh, which they'll talk about coming onto the market, which uh, I'll be taking with me on the trip, um, It's uh, which we should hopefully get me through those three weeks uh, without having to worry about uh, conserving power too much. The other product, uh, Lander, which is a... Uh, new type of phone case. Lots of phone cases on the market, but this one's a bit unique. So we'll hear the uh, discussion on that and why it's a product you may be worthwhile considering. We're here talking to Josh Gearing, whose company distributes Goal Zero, which is a well-known outdoor product, and Lander, which is a product that many people probably wouldn't have heard of, but we're going to talk to Josh today and find out what's so special about both that and the Goal Zero product. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Josh. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so Goal Zero. Tell us uh, what Goal Zero is and um, how it's going to help people in the outdoors and hiking. Okay, so Goal Zero is basically the ultimate outdoor power solution company. Um, they offer products that range 
everything from smalls for the basic hiker right through to large format um, charging and power storage for four-wheel drives and, and so on and everything in between. Uh, obviously, um, there's, there's every part of the solution from the solar collection of the power through to storage and then how you're using it, including lighting and so on as well. Okay, so what um, what what are the uh, what are the popular products in the Goal Zero range? Goal Zero has a lot of different popular products depending on your area of interest. Uh, for your for the listeners in this podcast, obviously um, we've got quite a lot of small products that fit really well in with the hiking industry. Uh, a couple of great products I have here to talk to you guys about today are. Uh, small and lightweight that are designed to be able to clip on your gear while you're walking and not take up a heap of space. Okay, so um, probably our most popular thing that's been around for a long time and it's gone through a few iterations is what our Nomad panels. Yep. Uh, our Nomad solar panels are a, um, a small lightweight panel that has really simple USB output. So uh, it really simplifies the way that people can use solar um, and people understand what a USB outlet is. So you can literally just plug your USB products into it. On top of that, it's fully waterproof, so you can leave this on your hiking pack all day, um, and as you hike during the day, it'll store, it'll charge up all your devices, um, or a power bank as you go, which is probably the better way of doing it. So charge to the power bank and then charge off then to your individual devices. Yeah, from cor- there. correct. So basically, it even has a little bag on the back to store a power bank into, so you can, it's just full standalone um, package on your backpack. All right. So with the um, with the solar panels, it's something that I haven't had a lot of uh, lot of familiarity with. So I'm going hiking. It's a nice sunny sort of day or a nice sunny sort of period that I'm walking in, um, and I've got my power bank charged or plugged into this. And I and I know it's going to depend on the size of the power bank and the yep. number of other things. But um, if I've got say a, a, a mobile phone, you know, how long would it take to charge a mobile phone typically? So uh, it, it depends a little bit on as obviously depending on how much sun's out there and, and so on. But um, a typical phone has say um, if you plug it into the wall, it takes an hour to two hours to charge. Yep. Okay. If you've got great sun, it'll be exactly the same. Okay, because this outputs USB. Okay, so if you've got good sun, uh, our panels vary from 7, 14 watts, and 28 watt panels. Um, standard USB is 5 watts. Yep. Okay, um, some phones now will take 10 watts. Uh, so depending, if, as long as you've your phone, like, so say your phone is a Samsung or a new iPhone that takes 10 watts, if you've got a 14 watt panel and you're getting full sun, it will give you literally the same as plugging into a wall. Okay. Okay. Obviously, if, if you've got less sun, it won't charge as quickly. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much variation in that, so it's hard to say this is exactly what's going to be. But as I say, if you've got full sun, it'll charge as quickly as plugging into a wall. So what you're doing is basically hanging this off the back of your packer is by the look of it. Yep. Uh, and, and obviously, if you can angle it to get the, take the, the best advantage of wherever the angle of the sun is. 100%, yeah. yeah. The, um, it, it does make a big difference as to how it points at the sun. But the way I look at it is um, as you hike during the day, you don't normally walk in a straight line. You're sort of zigzagging. And you're normally hiking for five or six hours through the day. It doesn't take five or six hours to charge your phone up. So it'll over the day, you'll find it'll actually fill up and, and get your charge done. Okay. Uh, and that's why the power bank is a good way of doing it, though, because you get your power bank, you fill it up as the whole day goes over, 
And at the end of the day, um, you then use that to charge up your device, your camera, your phone, or whatever else you're wanting to charge up. And I suppose it means that you know, if you want to use your phone, you don't have to have it connected to the solar panel at the same time. You can you exactly. Know, you, you still got your camera handy to use at any time and yeah. snap your photos. All right, um, sort of thing. So, so yeah, look, that that's definitely our most popular product in this category because it, it there's just it just really ticks the box of what everyone wants, and obviously we have the various sizing depending on how much power you need. And you were saying the Nomad 14 is probably your most popular one, is it? Oh, uh, look, Nomad 7 is the most popular because okay. it's size. Um, okay. So, obviously, as a hiker, you try to keep your weights down, 7 watts. And, look, most hikers don't have carry a lot of technology, so yep. 7 watts would usually keep them uncovered anyway. The other thing that's really cool with these is um, we're seeing more and more tents coming with mounting points on the outsides as well, so you can actually just mount it straight on the tent as well if you're camped up for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, and just leave it away. Yep. So you're, yep. rather than walking around with it. It's, exactly, it's so you do your little your day walk, you leave that charging while you're on your day walk. Okay, all right. Now from there, what's our next Goal Zero product so, we've got? Yeah, so the next product is the perfect companion for the Nomad, which is the Venture. So our Venture power banks are... A waterproof power bank. Um, so obviously, if you get caught in the rain, you want to know that your power bank's not going to get destroyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, these, these are a nice waterproof thing. They're rubberized edges, so they're they're quite durable. If you drop them and stuff on the rocks, um, they've got cables built into them. So again, you're not having to carry lots of different cables around the outside. Um, and a nice little bonus is you've actually got an emergency light in it as well. Okay. Um, so if you don't, if you happen to just need lighting on the spot, you've just got that's built into the side of it as well. All right. And uh, now, what's, what sort of capacity is that one? Uh, so this is a, a, a 7,800 milliamp hour one. Yep. And we do have larger capacity ones yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think looking at the range through here, I mean, you've got uh, things that look like large generators. You'd probably run caravans off by the look of it. So, yeah, you can, um, we've got things that can run fridges for a week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so the range is certainly there. Yeah. All right, you've got a bigger one here by the look yeah, of it, Yeah, so, so a brand new product that we've actually uh, literally got our, um, the stock of this week is the Sherpa 100 PD. Uh, the Sherpa 100 PD is a 26,000 milliamp hour um, power bank. Yep. Makes it a little bit heavier, obviously, but where you benefit of this is this also has C-type output um, at 60 watts. So for someone that wants to um, carry a laptop, say you're a, travel, a hiking photographer and you want to edit on the fly and things like that, most of your high-end laptops now, your Mac Pros, everything like that, charge off C-type. So yeah. rather than having to carry a wall plug or anything like that, you've got one device here that does that. It also has a wireless charging on the top of it, so you can um, and two other USB outlets. So you can effectively be charging your laptop, charging um, your phone, and a camera, and everything all on one go. So someone that does, that is a bigger technology carrier, um, photographers and stuff like that, this is the perfect partner. And you can still charge it off the USB as well. It just takes a little bit longer. Oh. The solar panel just takes a little bit longer. No, that's good. I must admit, it's um, uh, certainly from my perspective, I tend to be one of the heavy, heavy sort of users, and it's always trying to find how do you how do you get a power supply that's going to last you for two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that that has been a struggle. I can tell you. And yeah, especially like say you're hiking um, and you've got a, a couple of days of cloud. Like then you need to make sure you've got enough power to get you through those couple of days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where the bigger capacity storage. Obviously, you you've got the negative of a little bit more weight, but it depends on how important that extra power storage is for you. Yeah. And if, as I, if you are a photographer or something like that, power is important. Yeah. I mean, as I said, certainly from my perspective, where I'm doing blogging and I am carrying a lot of technology, that's the sort of size that I'm, I'm looking at for a, an upcoming couple of trips. Uh, when you don't go near a town for three weeks, yep. uh, yeah, it, it, you know, the small power banks just don't tend to cut it and you're trying to charge iPads and, and digital recorders and GPSs and cameras and everything else. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, if, if power is a use, uh, is, a, is a priority, that's certainly the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I guess the, the, our next little product that's worth chatting about, um, which uh, launched late last year, is our Crush Light. Yep. Um, this is an awesome little, look, it's, it's both a fun product, but it's also a really handy product as a thing. So for people obviously that can't see this at home, this is a, it's a small crush, like basically the size of a crush cup uh, that has a, a solar powered lantern built into it as well. Uh, it's very lightweight and it has little hang um, points off it so you can just hang this off your bag during the day it'll charge up from the sun and at night time you can hang it from the top of your tent or tree you hang it around you and it provides quite a bit of light all right uh, we'll go through and put pictures of all these uh, these products we're talking about on the show notes so uh as well as links to where you can find these things uh so yeah so uh, uh when you are listening to this podcast be worth having the show notes open as well just so you can see what these things look like yeah, the other bonus with this is it's fully waterproof. Uh, okay, yeah. so like again, you can hang that off your bag all day and know that no matter what, it's going to be okay. All right, that's yeah. good. Okay, so that's the the Goal Zero product. So really, Goal Zero is uh, looking after your power requirements outdoors. So our next product is the Lander product, and what is what are they? Okay, so Lander is a really cool new product. I like to, to call them an adventure tech brand, uh, being that this, this is a product that's designed for tech guy, guys that like to go outside uh, but love to adventure. So the first and, and big main key product that people are uh, really selling a lot of is the Lander Moab phone case. Yep. Okay, so um, people go, oh, phone case for adventure. Um, it is something really different, okay? So um, this product is actually an insulated phone case to help maximize your battery life in extreme cold and extreme heat uh, sort of thing. And it, and it really, really does work. So it works to the point that Apple actually uh, have now put them in every one of their stores in the world uh, because they've tested it and they found it made a big difference to their phone. And anyone that's had an iPhone on a really hot day or a really cold day will know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> um, uh, the, the other nice thing with it as well is it has a lanyard on it as well. So when you're hiking on the edge of a cliff and you're going to take a photo over there, knowing that you've got it tied around your, uh, your wrist is awesome. And I think that I've, I've certainly been in that sort of situation where you are camping and it, you know, it's minus four and you get up in the morning and for some reason your fully charged battery packer seems to be down to sort of 30% and you think, what's going on? Uh, the really cold conditions do tend to take a toll on batteries and, yep. and there's only so many things you can put inside your sleeping bag at night time to keep warm. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, uh, cold, cold is the, uh, the absolute killer of batteries. It really yeah. is. So th- this is uh, definitely a product that works. On top of that, it's also 10 feet drop rated. So if it's it's a nice um, protective case as well as gi- um, giving you better battery life in extreme conditions. All right, and, and it looks good. And they're, <laughs> now they're available at the moment now in Australia. So they are available right now in Australia, so um, you can get them through. Uh, quite, there's quite a lot of resellers in Australia, um, and uh, you can also go to lander.com and you'll find links and so on as well. And as I said, we'll put the links to that in the show notes, so you should be able to find that uh, without having to go searching too much. So now, um, yeah, so. From that product there, they um, they've actually started to add to their range. Um, they've they've got um, Lander does a basically unbreakable cable that we offer a full lifetime replacement guarantee. If you manage to break this cable, we will replace it for free. Yep. Okay. Um, so things that are done with that is obviously the cables have really much stronger brake strength than most things. The metal tips run right back into the cable, so they can't snap off on the ends. Um, they've also got a luma weave, so if it's in the bottom of your bag, flash your head uh, head torch down inside your bag, and it'll glow back at you. You know exactly. What 
your cable is in there. Uh, but the biggest thing with this is we know that you will lose it before you break it because it basically is unbreakable. I must admit, I, um, I've, I've actually got a, uh, a lightning cable for my iPhone, and it's. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's not one of the, 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 the Apple cables. It's one of the copy versions, and it's starting to go already. You yeah. know, you, uh, you know, you get these things get shoved into bags, they get stuffed in small spaces, and they always tend to break where the head meets the cable. So, yeah, and, and that's uh, why, yeah, like that's why they've made the metal run right back into the cable, so it doesn't break at that spot that they all. Are. I've never seen one of these break at that point, which is where every other cable breaks. And I think certainly if you are um, are doing multi-week hikes, the last thing you want is to have a power bank and no cable and no way of charging it. <laughs> so uh, I think certainly having the ability, and I do travel with multiple cables because I am normally charging more than one thing at once. So I, I do prefer to go for the better quality cables where I can. So that's that's a good good idea. Yeah, uh, we do um, Lightning, C-Type, and Micro USB all available in these cables as well. So basically every major form of technology currently is covered. All right, no, that's good. That's good. Cool. Uh, final product uh, range uh, in the Lander range that I'm currently is um, the Lander Can range, which is our Lantern range. Yep. Uh, cans come in various different sizes, from 150 luminums to all the way up to 350 luminums, and there are some brighter ones coming shortly as well. They also double as a power bank, so yep. again, you can have that on you on you and uh, charge your device up. So, say you're doing a one night hike, you've got a power bank to charge your device up that night. You've also got a light for that night. Um, uh, and they're waterproof as well. So okay. you can, ha- and they've got nice little toggles that you work to hang it off your bag or hang it off from the inside of your tent or wherever you might want to do. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they're crazy bright. Uh, this little one that we've got in front of us here is uh, 300 luminums. Yeah, that, which yeah. is pretty good actually. I mean, normally normally that's the sort of thing if you if you're doing night hiking and you want to be about wayfinding, the 300 lumens is probably where you're aiming at is to, to get a good strong beam. So that's uh, that's definitely a good good tent light. Yeah, um, and. The, the XL version uh, is a 350 luminum, but it's also app-enabled. Yeah. Uh, so what's cool with that, it uses Bluetooth. Bluetooth uses virtually no power, so it does. it's not like it's going to burn through your, either your phone or, or the um, actual light's power. Yeah. But what that does is it does a couple of things. One, it allows you to change colors and brightnesses and stuff, things like that from your phone, but it also has um, like uh, proximity sensor in it. So as you walk away from the, the light, um, so say you, you've got your campsite set up and you want it nice and bright, but you go to, off to the toilet or you go for a walk, as you walk away, it'll dim. And then as you walk back, it'll brighten back up again for you. So you're not wasting power when you're not standing beside your campsite. Okay, that's pretty good. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so And there's uh, there's some new models coming as well, which are big, bigger and brighter as well. So we'll see a lot of uh, a lot of cool products coming from this Lander brand as, we, uh, as they expand. All right. So we've been talking to Josh Gearing, uh, so the importer of Lander and Gold Zero products. Um, uh, and as we said, there's some good product that's that's coming out and come, uh, it's either on the market now or coming onto the market. Uh, uh, and as mentioned, we'll put the, the links in our show notes as well as the photos of the product we've been looking today. So thanks very much, Josh. No worries. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate your time. So that was the last of our interviews for today's episode. Um, I was particularly interested to find out that uh, Gold Zero had brought out a new high-capacity um, power bank, the Sherpa 100PD. Um, I had been chasing a large-capacity uh, USB-C charger for a while, uh, and um I was looking at the Gold Zero range, and Gold Zero at that time didn't produce that, uh, but obviously just about to come onto the market now, so will be available very shortly. 
we will actually be taking one of these, uh, uh, the Sherpa 100s, with us on our upcoming three-week trip. Uh, and as I said, I can usually get away with a, uh, uh, one of the smaller power banks lasting me a week. But because of the podcasting and everything else, trying to find a power source that was going to last me three weeks was a bit of a nightmare. And this looks like it's going to fit the bill really well. It's very much a uh, for someone who uses high amounts of power. So as uh, uh, as was mentioned in the interview, it was in regard to photographers and things like that, or if you're a heavy grade blogger that uses a lot of power. The other products, uh, there was a number of other products as well that were quite interesting, the solar panels, uh, and this is something that's becoming more common uh, for uh, users uh, who are out and about and want to charge their phones or charge their products over a period of time. Uh, and also the Lander product range as well. Um, most people don't tend to think about uh, their phones when they go hiking. Um, you know, a case is a case in most cases. Uh, but it's amazing how if you get into snow conditions, really cold conditions, really hot conditions, it tends to just destroy the battery power. And you find that, you know, a phone that would usually last you six or seven hours all of a sudden disappears fairly quickly. Uh, yeah, and the old... The old uh, uh, prevent preventative measure was to put these things in your sleeping bag so your body heat would actually keep these things warm and keep the power there. But there's so much you can do on that one. It doesn't really help you mm. if the day's cold, for example, either. You know, you get it out of your sleeping bag and um, then it starts to drain away as soon as you do that. So, yeah, so these, these are, uh, are specialised. And as, as, as was mentioned, they're technical cases, uh, uh, but they certainly uh, do provide the ability uh, to protect your battery power. Okay, so next week we have six interviews remaining. Uh, we ended up doing a total of 13 interviews, so we ended up with uh, one more than I thought we were going to get. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of larger ones in there, so it'll be a, a similar sort of length episode. Uh, and I'll go through, if you, as I mentioned before, if you have a look on the show notes for this podcast episode, we'll have a list of who we're talking to next week, just to give you an idea. And the episode will actually be released next week. Uh, so we hope you've enjoyed finding out about some of the new product coming onto the market uh, or have just who which has just been released onto the market. Uh, and uh, we hope you found you found this useful. That's all for me for this episode. Bye for now. And bye from me.